and gentlemen, you are back in the club, powered by Club Colors. We are coming at you on St. Patrick's Day. Check it out. I'm feeling lucky today. We got a fantastic guest on Miss Katie Vogel. She's a PhD. Don't worry about it. You can be like her someday. Yes. Me on the other hand, yeah. I'm not so sure they're going to allow me to do a higher education at this point. <laughs> but maybe I don't know. Could I be on the football team? We'll get into it with Katie. Maybe she's got some connections for me. Happy St. Patrick's Day, even though you're probably hearing and seeing this in April. But it's always St. <laughs> Patrick's Day when you've got a great guest on like Katie Vogel. <laughs> Here we go. Katie, how are you? Good. How are you, John? Happy St. Patty's Day. Oh, my gosh. If I was any better, I'd have to be twins. This is a great day. I'm excited. Katie, so that you know, is the licensing manager for creative and digital work at the University of New Hampshire, a fantastic client partner, a fantastic university, and an even better human being. Katie, where are you right now? I know that you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, so I know that you got some roots in Ohio, but where are we talking to you from right now? You're talking to me from um, Westchester, Ohio, which is uh, just uh, 20 minutes north of Cincinnati. And who they go Bengals? Joe Burrow, I hope you're listening to this. And <laughs> at some point you come across Club, club Colors. <laughs> Katie, if Joe Burrow is listening to this right now, I'm retiring. Um, I don't have enough money to retire, but I'm certainly going to because that would have made my day. I'm a Chicago Bears fan, but Joe Burrow is the cat's meow. He's a bangle, baby. Man, they got him a new offensive lineman here in the free agent frenzy. NFL capturing Brandy across the the year. I mean, it never stops in the NFL. Let's talk about branding a little bit. Creative and digital works. What does that entail? So, yeah, it's it's a very interesting title. Right. Um, So in my day to day role at the University of New Hampshire, I protect the copyrights and trademarks of the institution. So, you know, you think about our Wildcat Mark, Wildcat Paul, UNH, our institutional shield. All of that falls in my wheelhouse, making sure that it's managed with fidelity. It's going on merch. It's looking good and it's going to appeal to our uh, vast group of clients. So. Those of you that don't know, universities are more about branding than any folks that I I know. Branding is so important and policing the brand and making certain that everything is completely on brand and meets the guidelines is a tall task. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face as folks potentially try and go rogue from the brand vision or the brand message as folks uh, you know, are looking for a way to get messaging on a promotional product or on some sort of branded apparel or make a t-shirt and they think they're supporting the university of new hampshire message but katie says no way that's not the message so how do you police that how do you keep everyone on board and how do you get them to adopt that yeah that's a great question john i think you know just making yourself available um as a licensing manager you know if p i make myself openly available like Hey, I'm the licensing manager. Do you have any questions about, you know, branding, who our approved vendors are? You need to let's have a conversation. You know, let's, you know, have a virtual cup of coffee and let's talk about what you are wanting to do. Additionally, um, you know, I work really closely with UNH Athletics as well as our communication and public affairs office. And we recently got a new creative director that has all these amazing ideas where he wants to take our institutional shield marks. So I'm like, hey, let's get together. What, what, 
what's your strategy for the brand and how can I help support you on, you know, having your vision, talking about the rogue um, people too. It's about having, um, educating your community too. One thing um, that I'm very lucky to have in my role at University of New Hampshire is uh, most definitely like I have great community members. If they see something, they're like, I need to take a picture and send that to Katie and let's have this conversation about it. So I have really great stakeholders in the community as well as our uh, stakeholders on campus too. That's fantastic. And you know, stakeholders, (laughs) alumni, I, uh, folks on the faculty, they obviously want that message to be consistent because it's representative of who they are as a human being and their livelihood and and uh, the mission on at hand. So it's a daunting task, but it's a fulfilling task. And now with a new uh, creative uh, manager, a, a boss leading the charge that is saying, hey, let's think outside the box. Let's go next yeah. level. That's got to be something that really sparks you. How have you uh, taken to some of the new ideas and what's in the works? So, I mean, really, you know, I think it's just thinking about, you know, what has already been done. And, you know, I'm an active member of the Intercollegiate uh, Licensing Association, um, ICLA. Um, So, you know, reading the, you know, the boards and kind of saying, hey, you know, what, you know, what is, you know, Boise State doing? I'm just thinking of Boise State randomly. (laughs) And, you know, just thinking what's already out there and how, how can we leverage that? And, you know, yeah, we might not be the first movers, but we'll be the first movers with something. Right. And thinking about, you know, what, what our community wants, you know, there's many community members, um, in Durham, New Hampshire, and they're, they're passionate about our wildcats and they have in just listening to the community and thinking about, Hey, what do you want to, what do you want to see in the works? You know, um, we got a couple things, um, you know, working really collaboratively with athletics and thinking about some, a couple things with our season ticket holders. So I'm looking forward to that. I love it. Stay tuned. Season ticket holders. It's about to jump to the next level. Yeah, exactly. It's going to spark you. And by the way, you're going to have to tell a friend they got to go buy those tickets. Let's go. Let's Let's drive it up. By the way, I got to tell you, it is St. Patrick's Day. You look absolutely fantastic in your little cap. This thing is hot and I'm wearing enough green. So if you don't mind, I'm going to remove my cap now. Wait till you see this fantastic haircut. And now we're going to get serious. Let's talk serious. (laughs) Let's get down to business. No more of this goofing around stuff. Uh, Again, (laughs) Katie Vogel is... uh, from the University of New Hampshire, licensing manager for creative and digital work. And uh, we talked a little bit uh, about kind of pre-podcast. What type of message do we really want to get across in this regard? And one of the things that came up off of looking at some of your notes and your perspective, which was really enlightening, is, you know, you are tackling the licensing area and there's a balance between creativity and licensing that's got to be something, you know, challenging and gratifying to achieve. How do you cultivate stakeholder culture to support openness, innovation, and ultimately use better merchandising to support that message? Absolutely. I think one thing is, you know, taking a survey of your stakeholders, like who, you know, who are the players that, you know, we need to be talking to as a unit and thinking about, you know, where are their pain points? How can licensing be leveraged to maybe mitigate some of those pain points, right? Maybe you have 
person, you know, for example, and not from my work open openly, but just give an example out there. Like, let's say there there's a big donor and they said, you know, hey, we want to see, you know, um, some of our uh, previous alumni, you know, on a T-shirt and stuff. Well, you're getting into the realm of previous name, image and likeness, which is uh, another topic I'm really passionate about. But, you know, thinking about, you know, what are what do the stakeholders want? Who are your stakeholders? And then being able to, you know, think about how, you know, our brand can be leveraged in such a way that's within our current framework to make sure it's a win win for everybody. So you're talking about creating open dialogue and, and yes. in some way, I guess you could say democratizing uh, the the steps, the initiatives, yeah. making sure that there's adoption over compliance. And, you know, that's a big thing that we talk about here at Club Colors that we not only pride ourselves on internally, but we mm-hmm. also believe it's a core principle and a greater purpose for us. Our greater purpose is to create inspiring brand experiences as part yeah. of doing that. You know, it has to be adopted versus uh, punitive or compliant or because we said so, right? It's about yeah. getting people to really buy into the brand, become brand champions. From a licensing perspective, what are the keys to drive the brand forward and create maximum adoption of the brand vision? I think, you know, one is having that, you know, what is tangibly, what is that brand vision and what are the stakeholders wanting to see? Making sure that that brand vision is communicated outward, both to our, you know, uh, our campus community, Wildcats from afar. Um, Also, Wildcats from afar, don't go too far. Stay close to them now. I know. Well, no, I'm saying our alumni are everywhere, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, making sure that they're engaged, the community in Durham is engaged. Um, We also have campuses in Manchester, as well as our law school, which I also am a graduate from. Yay. By the way, if you look up Katie on uh, LinkedIn, it's her (laughs) name and then about the alphabet behind her name. So this is a highly educated business professional that I'm a bit intimidated to talk to right now. I the only uh, the only letters behind my name are none. (laughs) <laughs> well, you got you got the clovers by you on LinkedIn, John. I, I think that's, I had to put the clovers up. So I, that's that's what my education is 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 getting lucky. <laughs> hey, I like that. But you I'm know, educated in life luck. Ah, uh, yes. This is John Morris, host of In the Club, powered by Club Colors. I am so excited today to talk to you about our sponsor for this episode, Salescast. Salescast is the operating system for the B2B podcasting community of sales, marketing, and revenue professionals. They have an inclusive online community, courses, tutorials, events, guest matching, and even world-class managed production services. Their mission is to connect 100 million sellers to the power of story. Thanks again, Salescast. Enjoy the show. Life luck. Yeah, that that's, that's a skill set for sure. But um, thinking about, you know, our, in, uh, our going back to the original question, our community members, um, you know, engaging them ac- across making sure that the brand guide guidelines and guidance is publicly available, like no secrets, like, yeah, here, here, here's the framework we're working with, you know, thinking about, you know, getting creative with fonts, you know, and also I think from a, you know, a trade, not giving legal advice, because I do have to say that, John, like, even though I have a JD, I do not have my bar certification yet. <laughs> so no legal advice. Katie but, will not you know, get you out of that speeding ticket, but she can help your brand. 
<laughs> I can I can help you your brand and generally provide trademark principles. So like from a trademark principle, right? You know, it's you don't file on, you know, unless if you're going to be like a Coca-Cola or a um, you know, a lint chocolate, right? Um, you want to have freedom with your brand. So from a trademark perspective, you can file on the words, right? And then that gives you freedom to operate. If you want to have, you know, the school name and cursive, go ahead. You know, that might appeal to a different audience than sticking to one particular font too. So having the openness with the brand, understanding from a trademark principle, where's your freedom to operate as well. I mean, that's, those are really two, well, three big things, the communication, understanding your clientele, you know, understanding basic trademark principle, and then understanding the boundaries and the freedom to operate and where you're operating in. I love everything you're talking about because it's not from a perspective of like, we're educated on this. We're the experts. This is how it is. Everything that you've discussed so far has been very much based on surveys, based on Mm -hmm. talking to your community, based on understanding your alumni and your demographics. And that is such a a great message to any brand. You could sit Mm -hmm. in a conference room and believe that you have the magic answer to branding. But ultimately, it's the community that you're speaking to that tells you whether or not you have the magic answer. Right. How engaged they are, uh, how, how um, much they, they are involved beyond their, their role or their past. Great indicators of that. You talked about brand vision. Give yeah. us a little bit of the brand vision for University of New Hampshire. Give us a little bit of the secret sauce. What is some of that brand vision? What is some of the core values that folks that are in high school and considering where they should go for higher education or those that are looking for advanced education? What are some of those core values in that brand vision that would just light them up and they should be a part of? Yeah, that, that's a really good question, John. And, you know, from my perspective, I think the beautiful thing about the University of New Hampshire is our commitment to, you know, we're, we're the, you know, we're the number one research university in the state of New Hampshire, right? We make opportunities accessible for everyone. And I feel like we have really em- embodied that in our brand and making sure that when we are, you know, on our marketing material, you know, um, thinking about the journey to become a wildcat, right? What what experiences have you brought with you and how are you going to transform our campus, right? So we really embody that in our brand, in our admission materials, things like that. From a merchandising perspective, you know, we want to make sure um, that our brand can appeal to everybody with regardless of taste, right? So thinking about, you know, the University of New Hampshire, like UNH being in, you know, a cursive font or, you know, a blog, traditional collegial font, you know, things like that. You, you want to make sure your brand is accessible. And I think that's something that we have really done well at the University of New Hampshire is making sure that, you know, um, merchandise appeals to all audiences, as well as um, making sure that, you know, everybody, everybody feels, you know, like they are a part of our wildcat community. I love that. That's an inviting, a very inviting uh, purpose. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's the thing that is extremely important for students going to a university is what is the total brand experience? It's a big, you know, a lot of people say the biggest investment that you're going to make in your life is your house. I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
I think the biggest investment you make is your education, not only from a cost perspective. Let's face it, higher education is expensive. Well, it's expensive because you get a lot of value out of it. But it also is something that continues beyond the four years that you're there. It's something that lasts with you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not only the curriculum that you uh, that you absorbed, but also the total brand experiences that and the memories that are made while you're on campus. And then your job, it sounds like, is to make sure that you are speaking to folks while they're there and beyond uh, with the way that you utilize messaging. And and as you've alluded to, different types of fonts for different types of demographics. How do you speak to your audience? What's the most complicated element of your role? What's the most difficult or the thing that people go, Katie, you know, what gives you what gives you a headache, but also gives you the biggest sense of accomplishment when you when you achieve? Yeah, that that's a great question, John. I think, you know, the thing that, you know, kind of keeps me up is just making sure that, you know, I am getting a clear picture of what our stakeholders want and I'm treating the brand with fidelity to what they are looking for. You know, how and in my role with, you know, trademark trademark licensing compliance, making sure that the little circle R appears by the wildcat head or, you know, things like that, right? Making sure, you know, it's this fine line of being, you know, strict, but also having the freedom to operate as well. So making sure that, you know, all campus partners are, you know, they know to come to me, talk to me, let's see what you you, you want to do, right? And uh, let's go from there and let's have that conversation. Um, that That's the one thing that always kind of keeps me up is like, am I, am I doing everything in my power to make sure the proper people are talking to each other as well as talking to me and making sure we're treating the brand with fidelity? So there's, I love that, treating the brand with fidelity. That, that's that's got to be, that's a t-shirt. I think I know hey. somebody who can make that into a t-shirt. I Let's think trademark that. Club colors and we Quote can certainly Katie trademark Vogel. that. I love it. So <laughs> I have to ask you though, and you light up when you're talking about this, which means that this is more than just a role for you. This is a lifestyle. This is your expertise. This is you making great use of the higher education that you have. All the letters yeah. behind your name, bragger. <laughs> um, I have to ask you though, when yeah. you were a child, you weren't thinking that this was going to be your role. What did you want to be? What did you, what, what did you dream of being? <laughs> because it seems like right now you're living your dream, but I, I guarantee I, you were talking, saying, Hey, mom and dad, I want to be a licensing when you were eight. What did right. you want to be? So that, I love that question, John. So um, I originally went, um, I went to Miami university in Ohio. Uh-huh. I know you had a, cu- a couple people from Miami University. And Williams, uh, yep, 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 three clients. I, I know. And um, so I went to Miami University and I thought I was going to be a high school English teacher for the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And I um, I graduated from Miami and then um, I did a long-term sunbeam for a while. And um, I taught... Um, 
high school English. Um, I taught middle school English and then I got my um, first master's degree, which was a master's of education and literacy and second language study. So basically teaching English as a second language. So um, I went that pathway and then I ended up working first in at Miami University Regionals. And um, I was I remember uh, very vividly I was working one hour a week and then I was able to I had a really good mentor come in and uh, he uh, invested in me and saw the potential uh, in me. And I, he's like, you know, if, if, if I remember this meeting, it was like uh, 28 people were in the room. And then he, he openly said, Hey, if anybody wants more opportunities, you know, let me know. And I was like, I made a beeline. I said, how can I help? How can I assist? And then I ended up becoming an assistant director for an intensive English program. I finished my PhD in JD and then um, this position came available and I said, sign me up. So so the moral of the story is when you initially got that first MBA in education yeah, and uh, you were only working an hour, yeah, it didn't keep you productive enough. And all of a sudden folks started to come in and say, Katie, there's more potential that exists in you. Yeah. Let's go next level. What was that magic sentence or the, the, the conversation that was had that you yeah. said, you know what? Yeah, I got to go next level. I, you know, I got one shot at this in life. Let's maximize. Let's go. And let's go get four more degrees or 10 or whatever, however many <laughs> have you have behind there. There might be a secret <laughs> degree there, right? <laughs> no, it, it, it's, um, no, it's really just the power the power of mentorship. And this is something that I have always um, prided myself in. And I want to give back to the next generation of, you know, albeit as it educators, as it licensing managers, that's something because I had so many opportunities afforded to me. And, you know, during that time, you know, I was, I was busting it out. You know, I was like, whatever I can do, give me more classes. I, you know, I'm happy to be at Miami regionals. They're a great, you know, it was a great institution and I had a great, a great leader and he, he's still currently there. And I hope you also um, invite him to the podcast. Cause I think he could provide some really good insights too. We got a little <laughs> LinkedIn connection going. Thank you for that. Yay, awesome. So you had alluded to the fact that you are remote. Yes. We're seeing more and more of the advancement of technology, the uh, desire for folks to allow work-life balance. I prefer work-life harmony versus balance. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Just uh, from a vernacular standpoint, I think it just means a different thing because I don't know that you can have balance. I think sometimes you got to put more into your life. Sometimes you got to put more into your career and you've got to have harmony either way. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, you are a steward to a brand. The brand, mm -hmm. for the most part, in, in many cases, is that feeling on campus. Yeah. And But there's a bigger thing beyond that. There's a lot more uh, to the messaging and all the things that are being sent out to the world. How do you mm -hmm. balance staying in the focus of what is happening on campus with being remote, I'm sure that you do travel to the campus and have your meetings yeah. and go back and forth and do both. Yeah. So there's a hybrid thing there. Yeah. But what are some of the tricks? Because I think this has been a difficult thing for a lot of brands, whether they're universities or corporations, is yeah. to be able to uh, uh, provide that remote life, but maintain their culture along the way and mm -hmm. maintain that feeling, that messaging. How do you do yeah. it, Katie? 
That's that's really um, I love that question, John. I love all your questions, but and I probably it's getting repetitive, but they're all very, uh, very poignant questions. I think, you know, a couple things that I do. I mean, I'm currently not in anything UNH right now, um, but um, one thing that I always do is when I'm in meetings, I'm somewhat brand. I'm, I have some aspect of our brand on me. And I have a Zoom background that has our Wiley Cat and Gnarls going like this. And, you know, those are just a couple of tricks. Like I'm, I'm always in UNH gear. It, it could be anything under, you know, is it our Wildcat head? Is it just the UNH? Is our shield mark? I, I have my rotation every, every I week, right? Yeah, so, where yeah, we're tried. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's also, you know, the email signatures. I know that's pretty basic, but you know, it's a, you know, putting, it's a great day to be a wildcat on your signature, right? It's just little, the little things little, stack up. They do. They do. And I think, you know, when we're thinking about staying connected to campus, like I know one thing as a matter of practice, like an hour, you know, hour day as I'm, you know, starting to get focused for the day, I'm looking at our wildcat social media. I'm looking at our UNH social media, seeing what's going on on campus, having the calendar events, you know, how and thinking and being able to anticipate, you know, how can my services be needed on campus? You know, what's getting ready to come up? Um, those are just like a couple of little things that I do. Uh, to make sure, you know, I'm still have the touch points as well. I so love the answer because I will tell you that I don't see remote changing. Now, Club Colors would make the argument because we're about to have this state-of-the-art facility that we're moving into and we're going to, we're going to absolutely take it next level as it relates to that. We want our people to come in because it's a very collaborative environment and we want them to feel our energy. It's like, it's like our magic sauce is that energy, that passion, that 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 vibrant culture. But you've made mm-hmm. such a great point and I want younger generations to hear this. When you are remote, your brand is giving you the luxury of flexibility in your life. And you are having an opportunity to support the brand through your role, through execution and creating value for the organization by meeting your numbers or achieving mm-hmm. on a daily basis whatever your role is. Yeah, But you also have an organization that has content creation. They have company Mm -hmm. pages. They have social media. You're on Zoom calls. You might go to a five o'clock cocktail hour at uh, on Zoom now. Now they're doing whiskey parties and whatever to get people together, right? (laughs) That sounds like fun. (laughs) There you go. Katie, you've made such a great point. And I want the younger generation especially to hear this because you've grown up on social media, but I think you're using it completely wrong. You're Mm -hmm. using social media only for the social part and you're not using it for the way to drive your career. Mm -hmm. And that means when you're on camera and you're in two states over from your headquarters, but you're on camera, have something on. Have your logo on. Have the backdrop of your brand, you know, the framing behind it. Have that logoed. Mm -hmm. Everything that your company does, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. If you don't like and comment everything that your brand does, or at least 50% of what your brand does, you are missing an opportunity to be noticed by the stakeholders and the executives at your brand, but also to help to push your brand, which means you have more than just your role, you're now a brand champion. I can't say how impactful what you just said is because it's a little thing, but it's a huge thing. 
Right. So those of you that are graduating, you're going to go to a university, you get a new job and you're trying to figure out your role. What would be a great thing for you to do is go connect with all of the social pages of the brand that you just joined and become an advocate for the brand as you're mm-hmm. learning the role, mm-hmm. because you then become bigger than the role. Yeah. And that gives you more value. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. thank you for, for allowing me to kind of walk through that point with people, but I digress. So becoming a PhD is a daunting task, Katie. And yeah. uh, obviously, uh, you know, you, you, you are using that to your advantage on a daily basis. Uh, and you should have great pride about this, but how do you use that higher education to inspire students and stakeholders? How are you using um, the tricks and the knowledge that you gain from that education on a daily mm-hmm. basis to inspire and advance your mission and the mission of students and the stakeholders? Absolutely. Um, So, you know, I do have my PhD um, from Tiffin University, as well as my JD from the University of uh, New Hampshire, uh, Franklin Pierce School of Law. And I think one thing um, that I have great, um, you know, I guess pride in is, you know, um, within our unit at UNH Innovation. So a little bit of backstory and a little bit of digressing, like, our unit, you know, traditionally like a trademark licensing, it could be in a myriad of different uh, departments on campus. So the where I'm positioned in the university is quite, quite interesting because I also I deal the merchandising and the branding, but I also um, deal with, you know, um, faculty innovations and research and disclosures and copyrights and trademarks and that, too. So the merchandising, you know, is one, you know, per se hat that I wear during the day. <laughs> But um, thinking of and to get to my point, um, I thinking about, you know, we have our e-center, it's our entrepreneurship center. And, you know, we have a new interim director who is amazing and um, providing getting connected with them and just kind of talking to them about, hey, you know, are you thinking about, you know, uh, what are you thinking about our undergraduates and making sure that they are getting, you know, connected, thinking about, you know, making my always myself available. I'm trying to get, you know, during my time, um, I was uh, not the most active on social media, but I'm trying to become more active on social media. So making posts, you know, um, I recently just got back from a PhD residency weekend. So the most valuable uh thing a person can give is their time. And I want to always make sure I'm connected to all of my institutions, you know, Tiffin, you know, um, Miami University, um, University of New Hampshire, uh, Franklin Pierce School of Law, you know, I am in University of New Hampshire, you know, Monday through Friday, but just making sure I'm connected and making sure that they know that they can always reach out to me. And, you know, if it's a you know, a PhD candidate that, you know, needs somebody to sit down with them and say, why the PhD? I'm happy to do that. I mean, um, I've been very lucky with the mentorship that I've been given in my career, and I want to do my best to make sure I'm giving back as well. Yeah, you know, that 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 lights me up, too, because, you know, you've you've got all these different brands that you representative or or represented or you are a part of, right? Mm -hmm. But just because you move from one to the next, you still have a history with that. So, you know, yeah. we talk about we talk about, you know, not burning bridges. But what I think that you're doing is building bridges. And I think that that's the most important thing is that you're building bridges um, for folks to understand what it takes to stay engaged and and to be part of a community, not just have a role, be part of a community. 
What's the best advice that you would give to the younger generation? If choose your mentors wisely. And I think I know, that's just like a statement. Pause and mic drop. Yeah. Now. <laughs> how do you do? How do you do that? Is there are there well, steps yeah, to that? Your, Is it a feeling? Well, I, it's you know it's actively listening. Like choose your mentor wisely and make sure you're always actively listening. And with the active listening part, people show their you know they show their colors, they show their true identities. If you just spend you know, um, time actively lessening them, you're able to be able to piece out their values, what they, you know, what they aspire to be making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that bring you up rather than are seeking to tear you down. Um, that is essential. And if somebody wants to invest their time in you and understands your goals and career aspirations and being able to leverage that position, um, that they are in as well as where you are currently at, you know, I mean, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff. And, you know, I think, you know, the experiences that I've had throughout my career, um, and the mentor that I have have had, you know, it's been, um, it's been life changing. I mean, I, I cannot thank him enough. Actively listening is an art form and I think is lost on a lot of, uh, a lot of people. I coach 10 U travel baseball. Literally, oh, yeah. this is interesting because I just had this conversation with a bunch of 10 year olds that are elite baseball players, uh, last night actually. And, uh, I talked to them about active listening. Why in the world would a guy talk to a t- bunch of 10 year olds about active listening? Well, when they're elite talents, that's the hardest thing to get them to do is to actively listening, actively listen. So I said to him, I'm talking to them like in a huddle, right? And I'm looking at their yeah. eyes and they're all going all over the place, right? And we're like a training facility. So bats are, are going and you can hear pitching machines and all these things going. So eyes are just kind of like going all over the place. And I said, here's the deal, kids. You're, you're hearing me, but you're not actively listening to me. And I said, mm-hmm. how many of you could repeat back to me what I just said? And I went one by one. <laughs> they all just like crickets. Like they were like, what just happened? Well, guess what? That continues on in your life if you don't practice it. It's a mm-hmm. skill to actually really hone in to what somebody is saying. And then Larry with three or four more questions behind that, because what they tell you at the surface is never what they're really trying to tell you. Right. There's always three or four things behind that, the peeling the onion analogy, what have you. But that's and that's what you're doing with your stakeholders, too. It's great advice for the younger generation when you're going into an interview or you're dealing with a boss for the first time to actively listen to what they're they're asking you to do in your role. But then ask four questions to understand why they want you to do that. Moreover, how does it impact them positively if you do it? Because that's right. what's going to get you promoted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Fantastic advice. So we're going to move into the segment of the show we call the Hot Iron with JMO. Are you ready to have a little bit of fun here? I am super ready. Have Bring you seen on. the clips of the Hot Iron with JMO? I, you know, I watched a couple, but I didn't want, did not want to take my perception. So I love it. Let's go. <laughs> so this is going to be new to you. So the Hot Iron with JMO is a segment of the show where I'm going to ask you 
eight rapid fire questions. Well, seven rapid fire with a bonus question at the end. Everyone takes the bonus. By the way, there is no right answer, but you better get your answers right. This is rapid fire. You're on a two minute clock, but there is no clock. So I just made that up too because it's our (laughs) show. We can do whatever we want. So your answers should be rapid. They should be fun. And the questions are a little bit goofy. They bounce around. But this is the Hot On with JMO. Are you ready, Katie? I am super ready. Let's do this. Here we go. Start the clock. And a one, (laughs) two, three. Katie, as you know, it is St. Patrick's Day. We took off the goofy hats. But it is, in fact, St. Patrick's Day. Why (laughs) should people kiss the Irish? It's a great country. That is correct. My grandparents (laughs) are from Ireland. Thank you for saying so. All right, question number two. Some would say, if you can see it, you can be it. This can't be totally true. But how does one increase the odds of becoming what they visualize? Um, Surrounding yourself in the environment where you want to manifest it. That is correct. You've got to manifest. And it helps to be in the right environment to do that. And that goes back to your other point. Find great mentors. They'll help you to raise your game. What is yes. the best event you've thrown or attended that left the most lasting brand impression? Uh, the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Chris Tossi, our co-CEO, are you listening? That is his, <laughs> by far his favorite event. Absolutely. you got to look up Scotty McKeever so that you can bet on your next Kentucky Derby. He is an expert. We had him on the show last year. Question number four. If you could solve one problem in society, Katie, you got to use all this education and knowledge and wisdom. If you could solve one problem in society, what would be the first problem you would tackle? The lack of empathy and kindness. And we all need to be collaborative. (laughs) That is a five tap. The bells are ringing. That was absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Empathy. You've got to listen. Active listen. And you've got to have feeling. You got to have some heart. You got to understand what people are going through before you make judgment. What is the best book that a young, motivated student approaching the business world should read? I think it was in my PhD program, uh, Nordhaus's theory on leadership and going through the different leadership styles. A book cannot teach you to become a leader, but can expose you to the type of leader you want to be. That is a way better answer than I would have given. Most of the books I've read are pop-up books or coloring books. Great answer. (laughs) All right. Collaboration is key. Name three people living or that have passed on that you would want to collaborate with. Mm. Oh, that is so good. So I have to go Joe Burrow because he's doing amazing things in the, you know, state of Ohio with his foundation. So it's not just what he does on the field is for what he does off the field. Love it. Yeah. Number two. Number two. um, I think, you know, I, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, love her, love what she stood for, um, how she championed um, everything and making a a seat for women at the table in the legal space. That is a great answer. That's a powerful woman. Number three. Gosh, this is so great. Um, I honestly, I have to go also back to um, the Bengals and Mike Brown and just talk to him about leadership and developing two teams and how to create, you know, stakeholders and cultivation. 
The NFL knows a thing about branding. I'd have to say that is correct. Absolutely. You could have said Virginia McCaskey, although I'm not so sure the Bears are on a, on a great track right now. The Bengals might be on a better track. All right, here yeah. is question number seven. Before we get to the bonus question, education does define your life outcome. It has an impact, no doubt. But give us two reasons. It dramatically increases the odds of your success. I think one is exposing you, the student, to different perspectives. And that's what a true education, it's not supposed to be talking at you. It's supposed to be collaboration and understanding, you know, what everybody is bringing, you know, bringing their experiences and looking at it through different lenses. So I think that's like one and two. <laughs> one and two. She is absolutely efficient. She answers two questions with one answer. I love it. And here is the bonus question. Are you ready? Super ready. All right. We know that University of New Hampshire did not make it to the NCAA tournament, March Madness. But there's always next year. I'm a Cubs fan. I've been waiting for next year for years and years and years until 2016. So with that being said, in this episode might air around the time where we're finding out who the champion is. Mm-hmm. Tell us, in your opinion, what team do you think will win March Madness, the National Championship of Basketball? Kansas. Go Jayhawks. Kansas, my brother-in-law, Jeff, is absolutely pouring <laughs> his heart out right now. Oh, my gosh. I would have said Alabama. But, Jeff, that's all right. Katie Vogel's got your back. The crowd goes wild. Katie, you have made it through the hot eye with JMO. How do you feel? It, it was an experience. <laughs> That's all we're looking for. It was an experience. It got, by the way, when I say, hey, how, how was the podcast? Most people go, it was an experience. So that's about I, as good of an answer as I'm going to get. I'm having a fabulous time, John. So, <laughs> Well, we appreciate you coming on. I would love to know, and we'll wrap up, what is next for Katie Vogel? What's the next? You got a vision board, maybe. Maybe you write down your goals. Maybe uh, you've got a strategic personal plan that you've written. Yeah. What's next? Uh, definitely passing the bar exam. Uh, hope to take it in July of 2024. Um, fingers crossed. Um, that's definitely a big life goal that I want. Um, I think too, just this aspect of never stop learning, um, making sure I'm staying current in the trends of the field um, of technology transfer, branding, merchandising. Um, and then also, you know, getting to, um, I really hope to you know, get to travel a little bit more. Um, there's a couple states that I still, you know, want to see and just soaking, soaking as much as I can up. So <laughs> I love it. Hopefully it's somewhere warm with sand and an ocean. Yeah. You know, I was actually wanting While the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I Las Vegas. We're going. Look out. Look no out. ocean, but a Super Bowl win you'll take. I, I will take that, and I want to go to the Super Bowl, too, especially if the Bengals are in it. So, <laughs> Katie, you've been a fantastic guest. How do our listeners get a hold of you? Where should they follow you? I know you're active on LinkedIn. Do we have other pages? And uh, give us a, a, a last uh, sentence of inspiration 
Absolutely. Um, if you want to follow me, definitely find me on LinkedIn, Katie Vogel, PhD, JD, MBA. Um, you should be able to find me with just my name, but just in case, <laughs> make sure you put that in letters too. Look for the name um, of the alphabet behind it. The a name with a, uh, the bunch of letters behind it. Um, there's that, um, you know, go to our page, UNH Innovation. Um, my contact information's there. My um, work email's there. Let's connect. Um, always happy to have a virtual coffee. Um, talk, you know, if you're looking for guidance, you know, I'm here, I'm available. Um, and then also, um, just to kind of close it, uh, close this, you know, thank you again, John, for this opportunity. It's been great. Um, I definitely value club colors and, you know, appreciate, you know, what we have going. Um, and then just to close, I think, you know, um, I'll remember what you do today is setting you yourself up for the next you're going to the next level. Oh my and gosh. That is doing? fantastic advice. Yeah. I love it. Katie Vogel, you've been a fantastic guest. You're an even better partner. We're so excited for the future here at club callers with the university of New Hampshire and you leading the charge of stewardship at the brand, protecting the brand, and making sure that you help to drive that brand mission home. I want to remind you of one thing. You've been in the club. Yay. <laughs> thank you, Ladies John. and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. You've been in the club, powered by Club Colors. Thank you so much to our sponsor, SalesCast. We love everything that you do for us. Katie Vogel is absolutely outstanding. You should follow her on LinkedIn. By the way, Joe Burrow, if you're listening to this, we've made it. Send Katie some tickets to go see you tear up the field, but not against the Chicago Bears. Every other team you can beat, but not the Chicago Bears. Let's make that clear. Ladies and gentlemen, be well. Thank you so much, Katie Bogle. We appreciate you. Have a great day. You too, John. Thank you so much. In the Club is powered by Club Colors. Club Colors is the premium marketing solution for all branded apparel and promotional products utilized to drive your brand awareness and brand success. From concept to doorstep, Club Colors can source over 9 million different product solutions, decorate your logo, create custom kitting solutions, manage all logistics, and build, manage, and curate your company online store. The full, comprehensive, all-in-one solution for your brand. Our brand promise is right solution, right place, right time. Allow Club Colors to create an inspiring brand experience for you and your team. Check us out at www.clubcolors.com.